From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 293. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Blue Apron. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you? I am very well. Good. Happy 30th birthday. Oh, don't do it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You're an old man. Welcome yeah. to old man town. I'm just well, kidding. I mean, now I'm the youngest in the 30s category rather than the oldest in the 20s category. So actually, it's an improvement. It's a way better category. I'll just tell you that in advance. Yeah, I feel good. I feel like I, I've got my life where I wanted it to be by the time I'm 30 years old. So I'm, I'm feeling good about it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you got a birthday present for yourself, but did you consider the Bell War- Bellroy Workfolio A5, Mike? I've been side-eyeing it. I side-eye a lot of Bellroy products, you know, I'm like, what are you doing over there, Bellroy, is kind of what I, it's the way that I live my life a lot of the time, but um, I saw this review, I knew that you had this product, because you mentioned it weeks ago, and I Mm -hmm. have been keeping uh, keeping thepanaddict.com, or panaddict.com, it is thepanaddict.com too, right, you got that, didn't you? We went through this like a million (laughs) years ago. Uh, it is, and I, I keep that up, yes. Okay, good news. Uh, so I've been keeping my eye there, and you finally put your review up. And I, I don't want it anymore, I think, <laughs> is, is kind of how I feel. Um, it doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look very good. It looks amazing. No, I mean, like, I'll, I'll um, functionality-wise. Yeah. Right, like functionality is a different story. Yeah, like all Bellroy products do, which is just wonderful. Um, I've been using Bellroy wallets for a couple of years now. I love their wallets, mm-hmm. um, but this just doesn't. So, like looking at something like this and looking at the the the, the available functionality, right, from mm-hmm. the Bellroy Workfolio A5, I would get one of those mod mods things instead. Honestly, right, like if that was what I what I was looking for. I would probably mm-hmm. end up just getting one of those because they're way more customizable, at least. Yeah, yeah. So this was a difficult review to write because there's two very distinct parts of it, at least in my head. And whether that came out on the page, I don't know. But there's a beauty in the design and the quality that Bellroy puts into all their things, right? That's why we like them, right? Because they're really good at what they do. Their quality is elite. Their designs are very functional for the most part. I think they failed a little bit of the design element here. And it revolves around the very specific use of the A5 notebook to build this folio around. So what this folio is designed to do is to carry, if you go on Bellroy, they do some great videos. Um, You go on their site, they, you know, show you how to load up all the pockets and, you know, have the little video on how to, you know, how they recommend to fill it out. The problem is it's just not functional to get all the things into the folio that they think you can. Just doesn't work well that way. It's not to say that you can't do it. It's just to say that you're probably not going to be happy with the end result by the time you jam all these things in there. So let's start with the most important thing for us, which is the notebook. Traditional A5, like exact A5 measured notebooks fit, you know, with the hardcover. So let me let me rewind that a little bit. They send with this folio an A5 notebook, but it's a soft bound, soft cover, thin, like 50 page, 60 page notebook. And we'll circle back around to the notebook later. But they didn't design this, in my opinion, around what most of us pen addicts would consider a standard A5 notebook. I don't and that's think a that that is hardbound. even a, a, a fair thing to say. Like, Everybody uses Moleskine, right? Like right. they are the most popular A5 notebook in the world. So, uh, like saying like it's not just what us Penex use. Like this is just what people use. So okay, so I got gotcha. you. So yeah. when I say, or when you say, or when 
anyone reads A5, they're not thinking about the type of notebook that they included, right? No, not a paper right. thin okay. notebook. Like people are thinking right. of the hardbound notebook with about like 200 pages in it or whatever, whether you buy that from Rodia or Leuchterm or Moskin, like that's the mm-hmm. notebook, right? Like that is mm-hmm. the work notebook. Right. So this tells me that they didn't consider that because their product specifications say fits A5, 5x8 by 8.3 inch notebooks such as Fabriano, Moleskine, and Rodia. Moleskine is not A5. Moleskine is very much not A5. My Moleskine does not fit in this case, period. Holy moly. Okay, so what they're saying, they, they are probably the Kahir, the Kahir, right? The A5 paper thin is mm. what they're the paper thin talking about? A f- it's got to be. Boy, that, I mean... This mm, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't. Know. I just feel like it looks like a very nice product, but mm-hmm. its intended use case it cannot meet. Mm-hmm. So what this fits is A five ish notebooks, which that's not a thing, <laughs> but that's what is a common notebook size. So like the Baron Fig Confidant is narrower, but not necessarily taller. The story supply exposition is narrower, but not taller. Or taller, So the width, not the height of the notebook, a lot of companies make a narrower notebook. That one fits with the pen loop. So I, I complained a lot about how if you want to use one of these hardbound books, you're going to have a hard time using the pen loop in the folio itself. You got to have a shorter than A5 dimension in the width, the narrowness of the cover of the book to be able to, one, fit a hardbound A5, and number two, use the pen loop in conjunction with that. So I'm. F- they had to have fallen short in their design process thinking that people are only going to use this thin, soft notebook. Because if you use the thin, soft notebook that they provide, you can fit all the stuff they jam in there. But... That's not the reality of A5 world, right? No, it's not at all. I mean, like, it's fine to, like, technically be correct. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that the realistics do not bear out. But mm-hmm. let's just rewind this a million steps. Let's just look at this product as it is intended to be used then, right? So we mm-hmm. have looked at it and been like, we don't think it works because of A, B, and C. But let's mm-hmm. let's look at it with the intended use of a paper uh, cover thin notebook, mm-hmm. shall we? Like, let's look at that. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Right, okay. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. It's everything you want from a Bellroy product. The left side of the organization... You know, the right side is the notebook slot. The left side is your organization. It's got four different slots, two slots that are business card slash credit card slots that are in this little fold back uh, piece. That's very nice. And then two um, kind of stretch pockets, one designed for a phone, which that's a little bit, eh, that's a little bit iffy, especially if you have a phone case on whether you're going to get there, but it stretches. You could probably fit something and then like a pocket notebook, maybe. The internal organization is great, except the front left exterior, like the little triangular pocket, like where you would just slide like loose sheets of paper in. That's kind of not super useful. But behind the thin notebook is where your tablet should go. And all of that's going to work fine if you use the thin covered notebook. And I, the thin covered, thin cover A5 notebooks are a thing. Like, that's a favorite thing of mine, to use that style of soft, skinny A5 notebooks. But that's not what the world thinks of an A5 notebook is, in my opinion. So, if you use it exactly as is, find a good A5 notebook. We sell one at Knock. That's the one I use. <laughs> Life makes a really good one. A bunch of the Japanese makers make really good a5 softbound notebooks. That's what you have to use if you're going to use this case. If you want to use your hardbound notebook, you can use that too, but you're not going to be able to fit all the other stuff into you, it. Basically, at that point, you just have a nice leather cover for your notebook as opposed to what this product is actually intended 
to B4, which it, is like a system, an organizational system for, for your work goods. Um, 100% correct. So like it, it is less, less, let's say like kind of to put a line on this, like this is a good, really good product when used yep. as intended. If you try and use it as it is clearly not intended, you're not going to have so much fun with it. But I do want to just touch on the notebook again that they actually ship with mm-hmm. this. Because yeah. that was one of the most eye-opening parts of the review. I've never seen anything like this in all the notebooks I've ever reviewed in my entire life. I've never seen a notebook this bad. Oh, dear. Uh, I mean, do I need to elaborate? <laughs> I would like to know why. I, I want to just confirm that we're not in hyperbole town. We're not. And the the issue is that it's such a minute part of this review that it's almost not worth speaking of. Like I took three or four more pictures of all the flaws in the notebook, but I wasn't going to put that in there and overload the article with what I've referred to as this is like complaining about the paracord on your zipper in on your $200 backpack, right? It's not equally <laughs> as relevant to the product that you paid for. Mm-hmm. But I've never physically seen a notebook as bad, as poorly made as this one. It's literal trash. Not hyperbole, but like so I will what, throw this what, notebook away. It's what are the unusable. problems? What are the problems? Well, it it set me off right when the front page has that tear in it. It's not even a tear; it's like a level. It's like a thickness of the sheet has been sheared off. Right there's not a hole. There's not a rip. There's not a tear. That's actually I can get by. Okay, there's some kind of flaw with this, and that's fine if that was the only issue. The second issue is the papers cut so crooked that the lines throughout the entire notebook funnel towards the middle of the notebook. That's so weird. So it's a lined notebook, except the lines are not, you know, parallel. They're not straight. They all funnel from, well, on the left side of the page, left to right, and the right side of the page, right to left. They all funnel towards the staple. The third thing is that around the page i don't even know how to describe this because i've never seen it but everyone's probably had a sheet of paper that they've stepped on or dropped something on so like around the edge of the paper gets raised it's like that throughout the entire notebook and not evenly right it's like worse on some pages better on some pages it's like someone went through it's like this whole thing got smushed but not externally like, it's not like someone dropped it on the corner and the corner's bent, right? That's not how it's messed up. It's messed up from the insides to where the paper's, like, recessed against the edge. It's hard to explain, but it's it's a, it's a bad look. It's like, okay, I guess it's like it was cut. It was like it was, the edges were cut with a hammer and chisel <laughs> instead of, instead of a, a, a razor sharp cutting edge. Do you edge. expect that all of the notebooks that they are shipping are like this? No, but I expect there's some because this is too many mistakes to be a singular issue. So one person might get one and one person might get another, but you got all of them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The lines, the lines would be my biggest concern that they're all crooked. That is really weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's literally like a funnel down to the middle of the page. It's awful. Yeah, I don't get it. Mm. So, but like I said, it's hard to complain about a $5 notebook as part of a $200 folio, but it was a certain turnoff, right? I would be unhappy, especially since you pretty much have to use that size notebook if you're going to use all the other parts of it, right? Did I even sell the the notebook, though? I looked and I couldn't find it. Right. So, like, really, in a weird way... I was trying to get a price for it. (laughs) Yeah, they are intending for you to not use their notebook in the long term. Mm-hmm. Then, which right? makes like, it even more of an odd choice yeah to, to even include it in the first place or to not just like mm-hmm. I don't know work with someone and bundle them because what it looks like they're doing I guess is white labeling something I don't know right like they're, they're buying up these books and putting their logo on the front of them and then sticking them in the yeah. thing um, the cover and stitching's nice everything else is not it's very strange it's a very strange product very strange. Did, did you talk to them at all about it I didn't I didn't I don't necessarily like to do that unless there's if like if there was something wrong with the folio itself but i'm not in this case i wouldn't be concerned about the notebook because i wasn't gonna even if the notebook was pristine i still wouldn't use it right i'd use one of my things 
Yeah, but it is just an interesting is, consideration. I mean, I think usually we would just pull that out and throw it to the side, but because yep. it is so weird, it warrants discussion. Mm-hmm. What What is your overall feeling on this product? Like, I feel like it's a little bit all over the place. You better be really sure you're going to get the use out of it that you think you're going to get out of it before buying it. Okay. So, it's... And if you are... If you, if you think it's going to be absolutely perfect for your setup, you're going to love it because it's made spectacularly. It's a fantastic... Like all Bell products, right? Like the, yeah. the, it's going to be a very well-made leather good. Yeah. It's a perfectly made, beautiful product, but it's not going to function for all of your uses. So just be particular when you're shopping that it's going to, to fit your use case. And if it does, you're going to love it. If not, it's not going to come close to working. There's no middle ground. All right, Brad. Uh, that went a lot longer than I expected. Um, we have a <laughs> bunch of new products to talk about. But before we do, talking about new products. New products. If you want a new product, go to penchalet.com because they've got it all. They have your favorite brands. They have the pens that you're looking for. They have the fast and reliable customer service that you want because you are a discerning purchaser, I do believe, dear sir or madam. Uh, they run special discounts twice a month, <laughs> including specials every two weeks. And they're always adding new styles of pen every single month, as well as all of the brands and products that I've already mentioned, you know, like fountain pens and rollerballs and ballpoints. They have a bunch of limited edition stuff. They have all the accessories that you're going to want. Pen Chalet and the team over there, they try and get their hands on everything they can to offer to you at the best possible prices with free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States, and they have great rates for shipping overseas as well. Go to penchalet.com, that is P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Every time you go to penchalet.com, which should be frequent, you should be clicking that link, because any time when you enter the password pen addict, you will get your hands on a code that will save you 10% on anything, absolutely anything at Pen Chalet because you listen to this show. So you hit the podcast link, you type in the password, which is Pen Addict, and you get your hands on the code. And very frequently, including right now, there is a special offer. And this is a really good one. We have uh, the Fisher Space Pen, a variety of Fisher Space Pens. I think they're mostly in Chrome available right now at Pen Chalet. I recommend if you don't have one of these, you should have a bullet pen, like a Fisher Space Pen, I should say, in your collection. Because they are just a great little pen to have. They are also fantastic for gifts. This is a good gifts pen. Uh, If anything, you can just say, this is the pen from Seinfeld. Um, And everybody will probably know what you mean. It's the one that writes upside down. So this is what I recommend. Brad, what do you think? So this is the traditional bullet Fisher Space Pen, which is the canonical space mm-hmm. pen this is the one you get um chrome matte black he even has a red cherry option um this is this is the best of this type of pen this type of barrel it caps down into like a very small you won't even notice it in your pocket and then when you post the cap it's a full size writer i keep this pen in my car at all times i use it incredibly frequently um but it stays in the car a lot too because it handles like all the temperatures well aside Mm -hmm. from riding upside down and in outer space and on wet pages it handles the hot and cold so it can stay in the car this is a pen you just own and you end up use finding more uses for it than you ever thought you had uses for this pen it's absolutely fantastic i adore it make sure that you are prepared for the inevitable zombie apocalypse by getting a Fisher Space Pen, because it is the pen that will continue to work no matter what's going on. Go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Thank you so much to Penchalet for the continued support of this show. Yeah, there's something else in there. If you scroll down on that page, it's pretty hot too. So y'all go look at this page. There's always, some, there's always some secrets. There's always some secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two really good secrets. One I've spoken about, one new secret on there. So yeah, mm-hmm. very interesting. All right, we got a lot of interesting new topics, Mike, and I almost missed this first one last week. What about you? I saw it. The ret- we have a new uh, selection of Retro 51 Tornadoes. Uh, they are all focused around alcohol, which is a pen that they have this this way 
of coming up with these themes every now and then where it's like, we are going to make the perfect pen to buy for people. So there are like, the, these are like great little gift options sometimes, you know, like some of the themes. And this, I think this is a, this is a new addition to the standard lineup. They're not limited. They're not numbered. And there are three pens. There is a beer Pilsner, which has a sculpted bottle cap top, which looks wonderful. It's a little bottle cap with 51 on it. <laughs> Even better than that, there's a red wine, which has a cork top to the very end of like the little twist mechanism. And then the absinthe, which features a bright green demon on the barrel and antique silver accents. These are really cool. I haven't ordered any of these yet um, because they are standard edition. Like, I'll pick one up at a pen show, right? Like, wh- whichever one I like the most. I, I think mm-hmm. I like the Pilsner-, Pilsner one most, just in design. Mm-hmm. But I think that the cork top of uh, the the red wine will probably call to me as well. These are fun. It's cool. They're, I think they're called Speakeasy. Um, that yeah. is the line, and then there is the 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 Pilsner, the the red wine, and the absinthe, which lie within it. Yeah, so I'm all about the absinthe one, not oh, just yeah? because of how it how it looks. I'm actually anti tricky cap finial. Like I don't like. I like the design, like from a design perspective, mm-hmm, like from mm-hmm. what Retro Fifty One did to integrate cool designs into the pins, like the bottle cap and the cork. I just don't own pins like that because I don't personally find them to be very cool for me. So that's why I would go with like, the absinthe one. Um, if I was picking one of the three, but I will probably buy none of these. They just don't speak easy to me that well. Oh God, um, no! Why? Yeah, exactly. Why? That's Why what I said. You... <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry that we have to close the show down. <laughs> Shut it down. I at least I didn't say pods uh, or pod. Um, but yeah, this is what Retro Fifty One does the best, right? This is what they're known for. This is absolutely 10 out of 10 retro 51 right it just is this is exactly what they are exactly what they do and uh i'm glad i don't have to buy this one because i've been buying a lot of their pins recently but these will do extraordinarily well right i mean they're gonna be everywhere this is what i'm saying like they sometimes just hit on these ones that become great gift ideas right like your uncle who's a wine guy you buy him the red wine one. You know what I mean? And then yeah. they got like a cool little pen. Like I know people like the, the space pen, like the space ones, right? The space shuttle ones. They like leaked out into other worlds that I saw, right? Because people are yeah. like, oh, it's a pen that looks like a space shuttle, right? So they do this every now and then in a really smart way um, because they're a very clever company and they know how to do I mean, it's their... brilliant. Yeah. Talking about interesting additions. Seen the uh, Baron mm-hmm. Fig lock and key? I did. It's kind of awesome right yes they did a wonderful job with this set yeah so i'm all about the pen Mm -hmm. the squire's always been one of those pens that's just really good and i'm glad to see a different material finally in the product lineup opposed to as opposed to just the uh anodizations or a little bit little different logo change i think the only one i have now is the alphabet one which is probably the most different one that they've done besides you know the bright green experiment but it's you know just green paint and it did awesome but doing a brass pen um i have not tried it or used it it looks really really cool it is twice the weight yeah i mean that that could be a thing you know, what do you, I mean, are you getting it? Probably not, because I don't like brass pens, typically. Right? I, I, yeah. I, I don't like the smell that brass mm-hmm. leaves, um, mm-hmm. and the weight can sometimes be a bit tricky for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I I think it, it looks excellent. I think they have done yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful job with it. Yeah. I, I'm not crazy about the notebook. Like, if I was buying this stuff, I would get the pen and I would skip the notebook. I think the notebook exterior design is a little Barnes and Nobly to me. Like, I would find it on a retail short store shelf with like the diaries and journals and leather wrapped okay, goods. I can see that. It, but um, 
I mean, technically, the design is really good. I the like it. Is great. I, I do like it. It's forest green. It has like a debossed maze pattern on it and gold foil stamping on the inside. And apparently, there's like a puzzle that you can work out or something. Which yeah. Is so there's a. Uh, so yeah, there's like a code and key. So the set together is the way to go, right? You got to get the lock and the key. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think it came out great. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I I think that this is a very very good looking set that they pulled out. Yeah. I think it's gonna it's definitely going to be one of their bigger sellers in in recent memory. I think certainly it's going to be sold out pretty quick. I would imagine. Man, I didn't see this uh, school set either. This missed me. I'm I'm looking at Anna's website now. Oh yeah, that's that's the uh, the pencils that uh, Tyler uses for school. The, but they like did they a really made good the job. composition notebook, basically. Right. The cover of them is in the composition style. Those came out great. So yeah, remind the pencils, me. I think the last last set I got of pencils was that set, I think. So they, they killed off the subscriptions, right? Right. So they're just doing regular, like, say, a quarterly release, but it's not on a subscription. It's just kind of sta- staggered releases. It's kind of interesting to me that the products have gotten better since they stopped that. Well, so, yeah, I would hope so. But it's it's interesting, right, that, like, they stopped doing that and it looks like that they're just using their best ideas now, I would expect, which I think is great. I think this has been, uh, we, we were quite critical of it at the time, but, like, these mm-hmm. two releases have been a great return to form for them. Uh, and, well, that's, and why I, you s- that's why you stopped the subscription services because you are so pinned on timing that you may not be able to do your best work. So I think it was a good decision to kill the subscription and do your best work and not have to be pinned into a timeline because things always go wrong. Yeah, and I think, especially if you're trying to do the amount that they were trying to do, right? It was like zero to 100 miles an hour. Um, (laughs) Because it was like no subscription services to four, right? And at the time, we were skeptical of it and they probably overextended themselves. Um, but I'll tip my hat to them. I think that that these new products are the most exciting that they've done, and so I think that this is. I'm re- I'm really I'm genuinely very pleased to see that they have some excellent ideas up their sleeve because I, I expect that it's going to turn into some great success for them, which I'm I'm happy to totally. see. Totally agree. Totally agree. And uh, you put in a link to a new Karis Customs pen, which is very eye catching. <laughs> yeah, so looking at the title, I was like, why are they making a pen called Sleeping Beauty? <laughs> Doesn't seem very Karis customs does it? It's like, it's like I had to go read around and dig around. I was like, oh, it's actually a brilliant idea why they're calling it Sleeping Beauty. It's based on this big turquoise mine in Arizona, and the pen is this turquoise swirl pattern, and it's just fantastic. Um, you know, it's the decographs still getting out there in its original form. They kind of have a base base uh stock decograph if you will then they do some limited edition ones i think this one's like a hundred a hundred units something like that i'd have to look on the product page i think people are still trying to decide what they think about the decograph like there's no question that it's beautiful and there's no question that it's well made and i have one and i've been using it and i really enjoy it people are just trying to decide do I spend the price that they're asking? They're one sixty-five, right? Yeah, and I think it's completely a fair price. Okay, like I'm, I'm totally good with the price for the quality and the craftsmanship, and you know, it's not a mass-produced pen, right? I mean, these things cost X amount of dollars to make. That's why Franklin Christoph's pens start at a certain price point. That's why Edison pen just raise their base price from 130 to 160 it just costs small manufacturers a decent amount of money to make these products and stay in business right so they have to choose a price point um and Keras customs i think you know i i think they've kind of hit on all cylinders my only question with the pen is the kind of the hand feel if you will it's light um, so okay. if you don't like a light pen, there's nothing, none of the metal, all the metal parts are aluminum. So it stays light, which is okay. Like I enjoy writing with it, but I think there's a little bit of hesitancy trying to figure out 
still trying to figure out the decograph. So they're getting it out there more. You know, they're getting a lot of models in people's hands. You know, we reviewed one on the blog. Sarah loved it. Um, they sent me one in Panatic Colors. I really, really like it. Um, it's just right there with, you have a lot of choice in that price range, right? That $150, give or take, about 30 bucks, is where there's a billion different things to choose from. So you just have to decide, you know, how that is for you. And what they're doing with the materials is really cool. I think they're really pretty. I, I think I kind of slept on these a little bit. I, I don't know why they haven't hit me, um, but I, I think th- I need to change that. I think you would like this pen. Would be I my think guess. you are very right. I think I would. Um, so I, I want to pick a design because they got, they've also got a green one uh, called yes. the 1703, which mm-hmm. looks very, very good too. So mm-hmm. yeah, these are very, these are, this is a, I like, I really like the look of this pen, just like mm-hmm. everything about it, not just the design, like of the, the material. I mean, like not just like the colors, all right. of the furnishing looks really good too. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm kind of in wait and see mode on what else they do with the brand. Like maybe I'll pick one up at a pen show when I see them next time at a pen show. See what other colors and specifics they have. You know, I you know I'd love to see some uh, not necessarily different barrel colors, but can they do something with the aluminum ends? Are they going to do something with other metals or other finishings? You know that kind of thing. I'll be interested to see. So. I love the one that I have that they gave to me, and I will probably buy another one eventually. I just haven't seen the one yet. I mean, the Sleeping Beauty's beautiful, but it's just that's not the one that's going to make me pull the trigger, even though it's fantastic looking. All right, today's show is also brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the U.S. Blue Apron delivers fresh pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door. These recipes can be cooked in under 45 minutes and Blue Blue Apron offer 12 new recipes each week of which you can pick two, three, or four recipes based upon what best fits your schedule and your needs. The Blue Apron menu changes every week based on what is in season. They want you to have the freshest, best stuff. Their upcoming meals include creamy fusilli bucati pasta with fried rosemary and walnuts, spicy chicken and stir-fried vegetables with jasmine rice, and strip steak and potatoes with spicy maple collard greens. Oh boy, oh boy. These recipes are super easy to cook. You're going to have incredible food at the end of it. I have cooked Blue Apron meals. I've eaten Blue Apron meals. You're going to love it. Trust me on that. Their recipe cards are great. I like how nicely laid out everything is. These recipes are going to help you learn how to cook, which is an amazing skill to have and a skill that I value very much now. Uh, because I've been taught how to cook. So this stuff is excellent, and they have incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes. So Blue Apron is going to let you see what the power of food can do. Blue Apron is treating our listeners to $30 off your first order and free shipping. Just go to blueapron.com slash penaddict. Don't forget, check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Blue Apron for their support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, Brad, we're going to talk about a new Kickstarter campaign uh, for what is called the Wancha Dream Pen, which is a mm-hmm. lofty, bold name. Um, <laughs> it'll be a link in the show notes to the Kickstarter campaign. It's running now. It's been running for just about a week. Uh, we are. It's worth noting at this point because we're talking about a Kickstarter campaign. We had to record this episode a little bit early, so p- just before the campaign launched. So we don't know whether it succeeded or not. Um, I'm just going to naturally assume because of the hype around this that it has met its funding goal by this point. Honestly, uh, yeah. But but I have a bunch of questions first, which would. Uh, I guess be questions that many other people might have, which may may put a question mark around the whole thing, right? Like, is, this mm-hmm. is an interesting project with some things that are kind of new to it in a way. Um, but but I'm just going to expect that it's either met its goal or is very close to doing so. Um, yep. Who are Wancha? <laughs> That's a very good question, Mike. Um, and I don't know all the details. They've been around in the Asian markets for years. I want to say 15, 20 years. I actually tried to find a specific date. 
Um, the best I could find was like early 2000s. I don't have anything to find. There's nothing on their about page that says exactly when. It says when their founder fell in love with fountain pens, which was 1992. Uh, but it doesn't say when the actual business started, but I believe it was the early 2000s. So they've been around for, let's say, you know, a decade or more. And I knew them mostly from shopping around on Japanese websites as a watchmaker and a pen storage maker. So everything I'd ever seen with the Wancher name on it was not a pen. It didn't mean they didn't make pens, but where I was looking at online, I was seeing watches and I was seeing storage, like a big box storage, you know, like for your desk, you know, like the oak boxes with the glass windows, you know, two or three drawer type of stuff or leather pen cases in sizes from like one or two or three pens up to like 12, 13 pens. So that was my familiarity with them. And then last year, they started to branch out into pens more, or maybe I just became more aware of them because they were emailing me direct, directly saying, hey, we have this pen. Hey, we have this pen. Um, and do you want to look at them? And I was, of course, happy to look at them. And um, we've reviewed their crystal fountain pen, I believe it's called, on the Pen Addict. Susan did that review. And, you know, that pen passed through my hands. It was a very nice pen, felt great, looked great, you know, seemed like it was a good price point. Um and Susan reviewed review was generally positive. And then two months ago, maybe they first reach out saying, Hey, we're going to do a new project coming soon. It's going to be an Ebonite Arushi pen. I was like, Oh, I'm very interested. So fast forward a month after that, which is about a month ago, they started shipping out pens to a bunch of reviewers for this new, what, I guess is going to be called the dream pen. Like that's what the Kickstarter project says. But a very interesting thing they did when they sent me the email saying my pen was coming, they included a video and they called it something else in the, in the video uh, was something, gosh, I should have wrote it down, right? It's something Royale. So I don't know if they're going to change the name of this, uh, but their video used actually a different name, but it was from their founder. They did a cool thing where they did about a two minute intro that was directly for me. They talked about me, like thanking me directly and thanking me for the other review about the crystal pen and the pen cases and things like that. I mean, before they edited in like the, the bulk of the, the features on this new pen for their Kickstarter. So I got the pen and it's really nice. Like, it's like, I didn't know what to expect, right? I don't have many Ebonite Arushi pens other than my Nakayas and the one Jonathan Brooks made us, right? So I don't have a huge amount of experience. I guess I do have a Danny Trio that's also Ebonite uh, coated in Arushi. So seeing what, I won't call them like a startup type of pen company, but this is a new product line for them where they've just made you know, other more basic pens. This is a more complex, artistic pen, if you will. It was interesting to see how nice this pen was, which we'll, we'll talk about more as we go through this. But yeah, I don't know what to say about the company other than my working with them over the past six months, maybe. Just kind of getting feedback from them, checking out some of their products, I've been somewhat impressed, not blown away by their stuff. You know, it's good, not great. Um, not necessarily in quality, but just in the style that fits me. Well, this pen is definitely a style that fits me. So I I, I definitely want to hear what you have to say about seeing this pen. You have one, right? I have one right here in my hand. So okay. I have the uh, Aka Tamanuri finish, which is the red kind of the two-tone red one, not the solid red one, but kind of the dark burgundy red. So there so, are three uh, models. You have the middle model. They have true Ebonite, true Urushi, and true Makei, right? And you have the Urushi? So I have, I'll get the exact name here. I have true Urushi and Tamanuri okay. is my finish. So you have one of the, the, the finishes of the Urushi, which is like the middle ground pen, like middle offering that they have. I would say, I would honestly say this is the main line offering. So it's middle yeah, in sure. the grouping of the project, right? So it's the Ebonite is the entry level 
the Arushi is yeah, they, the they spend primary the most level. Time talking about the Arushi and all of the materials, right? Like that's what they yeah. actually think you should be buying, but they offer a cheaper right. pen in case you just want to get in with like the most of the barrel, right? Because like everything's made of ebony, mm-hmm. but it's not. It hasn't mm-hmm. got the incredible finish to it. But they offer right. it because they're making those anyway before they put the Arushi on them. So why not sell some of them to people that are a little bit more budget conscious? I guess. Is yeah, the, is the thing. And then they have, then they have the blowout budget with the uh, Maki. Yeah. Uh, artwork on the pens which are very very expensive so i came to this not remembering the existence of this company so like Mm -hmm. i have seen the posts on the pen addict but that brand name has not stuck with me right Mm -hmm. Um, especially like the last time we spoke about wancha it was under a shroud of question marks because we were Mm -hmm. talking about that pen case right and like where does the design from that pen case come from and all that kind of stuff so yeah. I'm looking at this so, page, and mm-hmm. it is, like, incredibly detailed, incredibly mm-hmm. complex, and is offering the world mm-hmm. with, like, this artistic temperament and background of making things better. Mm-hmm. And only one thing jumped into my mind. Mm-hmm. Are we envisioning like territory here? Mm-hmm. That was because th- <laughs> yeah, this is like the thing that it reminded me of. Because that's what the Visionaires campaign was all about, right? Stuff like this, and yeah, this is this this is a very grandiose campaign for a company mm-hmm. that seems to not actually do this right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't think that's fair to even mention that i think this is coming from right, look, a this, is, this, is, this is coming from someone who doesn't know them right like sure. i'm just, I'm just yeah. talking about like th- this is like for for from a zero to nothing like a zero to 100 yes. type scenario we've got here right it's like here's a company you've never heard of <laughs> who are like claiming that they can make the dream pen doing the yeah doing the number one most crazy thing yeah yeah i mean i see what you're saying but it's not like that at all this is an established company you know it's not just some guy that says hey i've contracted all these artisans to make this pen for me you know it's not like that at all this is someone who's got experience in the market experience with the sources experience with the manufacturing and like i don't even question that at all from good. my perspective like that doesn't even register well, this as, is good I, i'm here to ask the questions for you to yeah. provide me the answers so why is this a dream pen then what what gives this pen the right to be called dream pen i mean <laughs> I, I guess it's a lot of people's dream to have a an Arushi pen. I guess is why they came up with the name. I didn't look at the specifics. I mean, it's certainly not my dream pen, but it's a wonderful pen. I'd call it the wonderful, amazing pen because it's really nice. But um, the I guess the manufacturing and the artwork that the Arushi application is is really fascinating to me and. The issue with that type of work has always been price, right? Because it takes a long time to manufacture something like this. I think in the totality of the project, that's my biggest question is if they sell hundreds, if not more of these pins, how far is the timeline going to be pushed? Because you cannot rush an Arushi pin, right? It's a dedicated process that takes x amount of time and when you add numbers on that you just you know quantities on that i don't know that you necessarily get the same or i guess my concern would be is the same quality output going to be pin number one is pin number a thousand right if we get into that range of selling this pin because the price is really good for an arushi pin so here's my question on that. Yeah, this is the thing that is. I I don't know. I don't know what I think about this because this is what makes it the dream, Mike. Yeah, but like, so here is is this dream based in reality? So right, Arushi pens tend to cost like two times the amount that they are selling these for. Right. Mm-hmm. So the prices on Kickstarter are all in yen, 
but they've given a breakdown on their page as to kind of how much it costs in dollars, roughly. It's all mm-hmm. based on the... Um, We'll get to the fact that this is in yen in a minute because this is an interesting point of this whole campaign anyway, which we spoke about quite a while ago. We knew this type of thing was coming. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, they, they give an, an amount. So they say the Arushi, the true Arushi starts at $350, um, which is the kind of the standard early bird pricing. And then it goes to 385 for the regular early bird. They have super early bird and regular early bird and that kind of thing. But even their retail price is 450 now, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but that's cheap for a Rushi. Generally, I mean, the ballpark Nakaya starter pin and Danny Trio starter pin are like in the four fifty five hundred dollar range. Okay, so it's relatively so it's comparable not, on retail prices. Yeah, so but this is these your ballpark prices entry level are significantly cheaper, right? If you pick up one for three fifty, that's crazy for an Arushi pin. So exactly. my my question is right. Like, let's imagine that we're in a world where they sell fifteen thousand of these. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that actually solving the problem that they're trying to solve, which is like that <laughs> people aren't getting paid a fair price for this work? <laughs> I don't know that it is. I mean, <laughs> I I mean probably not. But I mean, what's your other? choice there isn't one there isn't one i'm being i'm being the guy that i'm being right like i'm being contrarian well it needs to you need to be that guy that's fair for this project i believe because i'm just you know if if this is a kickstarter campaign to start this company off right Mm -hmm. doing this i I mean they're established but like it's to start this product line it's essentially a separate product line which would be their biggest and boldest product line right but then if like next year we get version two and it's also a Kickstarter mm-hmm. campaign and they sell them for $350 each time. Like I, I'm just wondering, like, are, considering that there is probably about a third of their video devoted to about giving a fair price to these people mm-hmm. to create this work, I'm just wondering, like, is this better? I guess, I mean, my thinking would be $350 mm-hmm. is better than no dollars. So it's mm. good there, but are they then not just making it harder for other companies that do this work to exist if you get like a really good Arushi pen for just over $300? Do you know what I mean? Like These are the questions I ask, and I only ask these questions when a company spends so much time talking about their righteous ideas. Sure. Right? Sure. But- if none of that was included, I would just be like, man, that's a great price. And kind mm-hmm. of just leave it at that. But like these these things, I'm like, okay, so is the thing that you're saying actually doing what you say you're going to do? Like that's the kind of question right. that I tend to have on these types of campaigns. Yeah, I mean, and I, I guess this is the the great Kickstarter dilemma, right? Is we have to put our faith in, you know, words on a screen in a video, right? We don't know exactly you know, how the back end is going to work and it's yeah. going to work smoothly and are there going to be and challenges and issues? Are you ever going to get it, right? Like, I'm not saying that's the case here because right. obviously they can sure. make them because they have, but that is always mm-hmm. the gamble you play, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to, like, balance this as much as I can. Um, but, like, my personal feelings is that this it looks awesome, mm-hmm. right? Like, I am very intrigued by this. Um I have one hang-up, which is the nibs. Uh, yeah. I Okay, Joe jo, jo nibs, my word, are, are great. But I, I think I expect a little bit more. Sure, I do, just like I expect more from Canalea, right? Yeah. I expect more, and I've told Hugh as much. Like, at least give me a stamping on your steel nib if you're going to sell me a $400 pen um yeah with a blank stock nib right but that didn't stop me from buying the canalea for the barrel knowing that i have another nib i can swap into it that's not going to stop me from buying this arushi pen knowing that i have another nib can i can swap into it but that's not everyone's situation and if i was coming into it it wouldn't be a concern that i'm going to get you know a non-good nib you're going to get a great nib but do you feel special like 
it's unfair to compare these pins to Nakaya for their nibs because it's such a superior experience and you're paying for that and it's worth every penny of that premium. So I think they've balanced that in the pricing of this pen, understanding that you're going to get a really good nib and you're going to have a really nice experience. Um, but I, I will say the nib is, I don't know if let down is the right word, but does it do the pen justice? Because like right? everything else seems like it is so out there, right? Like mm-hmm. an Arushi feed sounds so fancy. Right, like yeah. you're like, oh, look how fancy, and then I just right. feel like I'm I'm a little bit let down. All they need to do is exactly what you say. It's like put your logo on it, right? Because mm-hmm. it it it's not about the quality so mm-hmm. much as it's like the overall aesthetic, right? Right, like especially if you're going for the Mackie. I can never say it right. I know I can't say it right, but if you were gonna get the pen that has this beautiful hand design on it. You would maybe mm-hmm. then want to see extend to the nib a little bit more, right? Yep. Um, so I think that that is it is good because you can swap in a bunch of different nibs. But when I buy a pen like this, I don't want to ever do that. Like, right. I think that's fair. I want it to be the package that it is, um, and and I that is just something that I'm less excited about. So like. I, I see where you're coming from with Canalea, right? Like it's the same mm-hmm. it's the same deal. But one of the things that has been good for me is I have always bought my pens from them at a show where the pen, mm-hmm. like the nib feels like it's taking, I, I watch you take care of it for me, you know? And it like mm-hmm. adds that thing to it, which isn't fair to levy against Wancha because, I mean, what, what, what are they going to do? Bring it to my house and like tune it up for me? <laughs> like that's dumb. And and also yeah. like one of my Canalea pens has a rose gold nib on it, which is like, oh, that's fancy. Do you know what I mean? And I'll pay for that because it like it matches the overall look of the pen, right? Right. But they have a two-tone available, which is nice. Like that that would maybe do it for me a little bit because it's like it's got something to it. But I would love to see... I would love to see just something, just something, um, because there are like, my gosh, even the roll stoppers, you can get a friggin' snowflake. You know what I mean? <laughs> like? They've gone so far in so many areas, and it just feels like that one, they've kind of like, they've cut a corner there, which to offer at the prices that they have to, I guess you have to somewhere. You know, a lot of companies do that and there's got to be a reason. Like, I don't know what it is. It seems like that would be a negligible cost to have an added design. I mean, the nibs are designed. So you have a spot to personalize them into your, uh, the something for your company. Yeah. Why like so many, I mean, this is normal. Like a lot of companies don't put anything there and it kind of drives me crazy. Like it seems like that, I, maybe I'm missing something in that like, cost, but that it seems like pen, it would be a negligible cost. The pen that Jonathan Brooks gave us is the two-tone Joe nib, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But Same it has nib. our logo stamped on it. Yeah. And it's like, that makes, honestly, this is the most special nib that I own because of that. Right? I know yeah. it's, it's personal like, to me, but it's got something cool on it. It has the space for it, and that's kind of, kind of all, all you need. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting question, and Mm-hmm. The thing is, right, like with a lot of pens, I don't think that this is so much of an issue. Uh, but for a, for this specific one, I don't know. It feels like it's it feels like it's just strange considering the overall aesthetics of what's going on. Because you can't help but look at this pen and match it up to Nakaya. And I know the prices aren't the same, right? But like, mm-hmm. they are the natural competition. Right? Like right. That's that's who that's who you're gunning for if you're doing this, right? Like because they are the leader in this, right? Like if if you want to look at these types of pens, right? Well they evoke Nakaya in some way. Like they are the, the number one right now and you look at it and it's like, well, with Nakaya it's not just the body, right? Right. You're buying the nib and, and the nib isn't just hasn't just got a logo on it, right? Like that is their nib. And it's like, that's a whole different thing. And and I don't expect companies like Wancha to create a nib because do you know what? Mm-mm. That's too difficult. 
right? And yeah, and, and you're and doubling if, the price of this pen. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna be distrusting of the nib, right? Because it's like really mm-hmm. like is that you're doing that as well? Like I'll be like I don't know. <laughs> At least I know what I'm getting with a jaw nib, right? Like I know what I'm yeah. getting, and so I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. But I don't know. I I'm really picking this one apart, and I'm trying. I don't. I'm not trying to be like a, a a negative mic about all of this, but I think you're being fair. It's fine. But, I think these are the questions you have to ask. I think that this is just such a bold and ambitious project with so much detail provided that I say you mm-hmm. the more the more details you give. This is just the thing. The more details you give, the more places you have for people to pick it apart. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Here's some other things. Uh, it is the kind of traditional cigar shape that you would expect to see of a pen like this, which I think is good, yeah. a good thing. Um, and it's pack, big. It's really, it's oh, really yeah? big. It's not what, like when I got, got the pen and I started writing with and using it, I didn't think it was big. Like it doesn't feel big in the hand. It feels perfect. Uh, the size and the weight. When I set it down next to other pens, it's... Can you give me a size comparison? It's bigger than my Pilot 823. It's It's the size of the Sailor... King of Pen, Arushi Pens. Whoa. It wow. dwarfs the Sailor Pro. I put the Sailor Pro gear next to it, and the full-size Sailor Pro gear next to it, it dwarfs it. It's hilarious looking. Like, I didn't think it was that big, but it's That's that big. wild. It does not It does not feel that big when I use it. But it's the same wow. size as uh, the Sailor King of Pen, Arushi, which I'll ha- I, you'll see the pictures in my review when you look at it. So... The Ebonite, true Ebonite starts at about 275. The true Urushi starts at about 350. And the true Make is about 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, they are looking at ship dates of anywhere between April to August, which seems like, I think it depends that's on the model ag- that you buy. That's aggressive. And I and again, I'm like, mm, are they already made? Because that's the only way you're doing this. Right. <laughs> like, have right. you got them all already? I don't know. I would we'll wait till they've started. There's n- there's no reason not to start this because as a them. company, yeah. they're just going to sell them anyway. Yeah. Um. Here's one of the interesting things about this, right? This is I said we'd come back to this. This is a Japanese Kickstarter campaign, and mm-hmm. Kickstarter launched in Japan recently, right? We would, we, it was a news item on the show, yep. and we said then this is going to happen. Right, like mm-hmm. this stuff is going to happen, and mm-hmm. now that I'm seeing it, it seems weird to me. Like, does a Kickstarter campaign for an Arushi pen diminish the specialness of the pen? To me, no. But in general, I could see the argument. To me, it does not, because. I get the specialness by backing it on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those people that It is a different what, specialness, know. right? Like you are right. helping this company start it. But yeah. I I really feel like this 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 work is shrouded in mystery. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You imagine like these craftspeople in Japan layering the arushi over months in these beautiful rooms, right? Like that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like this kind of this yeah. this this opinion you get. And now it's like, sure. oh, we're on Kickstarter, like the aluminium pens. And it's like, oh, I Agreed. don't know anymore, right? Like it's like this isn't <laughs> this isn't the magic that that yeah, I, I've seen. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But uh, you look, know don't get I, me wrong. I am happy that this is happening because Kickstarter in Japan is just gonna unearth these wonderful projects and mm-hmm. but it but it's it's a bold new world, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel. It's like, huh, okay, <laughs> right? Like, we don't just get machined aluminium anymore on Kickstarter as it has been for the right. last five years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the most prestigious form of making a pen is on Kickstarter. And it's mm-hmm. like, that. that is very, very, very different. Um, yeah, yeah. Brad, should I back this? What do you tell me? <laughs> I'm not, I, yeah. well, yes. You have it, right? I have it. This is a loaner pen, so I'm sending this back. I will be backing the project, and it's not even a question. Is it? So it's worth it? Yeah. Okay, tell me why. This will be the first pen 
I buy this year because of the the price, really. I mean, it's all about the price on this and the workmanship and craftsmanship of the pen is well worth the price that they're asking from what I've seen having this pen in my hand and using it like without question. Like I, I wouldn't even blink for me personally. So how does it stack up against the other pens that you own that are like this? Um, you know, my Nakaya's are different because of the nibs. Um, it's not at that level of pen. It's right there with my Dana Trio and what I feel like when I use the pen. You know, do I feel like it's an amazing pen? Yes. And, and how much is a Dana Trio? Like the one I bought was like around 500. Okay. They go a little bit more. I mean, those are just the basic ones. I bought a, a very, I bought like an entry level one. Um, they're around 500 to 700, most of them, then on up to 1,000 and more. It feels like a Dana Trio to me, um, as opposed to a Nakaya. The finish feels a little... I Like, I feel like the Nakaya finishes are a little softer. These are a little bit more hard shell type finishes. I don't know if that's even a thing. Maybe I'm just delusional, and that's how the Dana Trio feels to me. Um, you know, I've bought Ebonite pins for over $300 that I def I like this pen way more than, you know, just a standard ebonite rod, you know, like a green and black swirl ebonite pen with a Bach nib. I paid, you know, three, three fifty four. Um, I would buy this pen 10 times over. So, so, I mean, look, you can never recommend wholeheartedly because everybody's different, but like this pen mm-hmm. gets the Brad Dowdy stamp of approval, right? Sure, but it doesn't come without risk. This is a risk. This one, yeah. You're buying on Kickstarter. And we've never seen this before. And it's a lot of money. Yeah, especially if you go in for the $1,000. Ned, no one's going to do that. I mean, no one none of, no one we know, probably. I don't know, maybe someone. But no, even though I'm saying this is a great price, it's a stupid amount of money for a normal pen, right? It's a relative this is a great lot of money. price, yeah. But it, it's a relative it, this great is price. a crazy amount of money to put on a Kickstarter campaign. Yes. So three figures it comes is, without is risk. severe. Like starting at, right? Starting at 275 is wild for a Kickstarter. So here's the best way to put where I'm at with it. So like on just the pin buying level, I'm at 0% concern just on the, the product. But on my Kickstarter nerves level, where is that at? That's a different scale, right? I'd say like on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being like extraordinarily nervous and one being it's a mortal lock and it's going to be easy. I'm at like a seven. Like I'm mm-hmm. a little bit nervous. That's I mean, okay. So what if 10, just want to re-clarify this. What if 10 is in Brad Dowdy's mind, this pen, this product never gets made. Then where do you sit on that scale of one to 10? I'm not sure I, I'm tracking you on that one. <laughs> so like, okay. So you're saying like it's nerves, right? But yeah, there is the feeling like if you look at a campaign and you're like, that's never going to happen. Like they're never going to be able to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Like the scribble pen, the scribble pen is like a 10. There you go. So scribble pen's 10, right? Mm-hmm. So where, mm-hmm. where, how do you feel on that scale? Is it still seven? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I'd say like a new maker, say if um, Tactile Turn came out with their first project, right? That's like a five just by default, because you're right? new, because it's just because they're new, right? And right? it's like, but th- now this isn't just new for them. Turn, this is like yeah. the most exquisite that you can do. Yeah, right. So like now, Tactile Turn's done. I don't know five projects. So if they launch a new product, saying you know like you just did, I reworked this mechanism from hand. That's a two. Even though he's doing something new, he's done it four other times. Um. So not only is this new, it's difficult. And pricey, so that's a. Se- I think that's a seven. But you're you're going to put your personal money down, though. I'm going to put my personal money down on this project. This is an um, interesting one. I'm really keen to see how it's this goes. very interesting. This will be one we follow a lot because it's there's so many things about this project that are worth talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna blow out, but that just leads to a whole nother that leads to the next set of questions right yeah i mean that's the biggest risk for this campaign is that it gets too 
uh, uh, subscribed. So what do they need here? So they're asking for 1.5 million yen. <laughs> this is the other thing about we see. move into yen now. It's like, oh, 1.5 million? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me see how many pens they need to sell. So, so 1.5 million yen so to like, US dollars and let's say is like the... 14 grand, let's say. Oh, is that it? Then yep. this is nothing. So one pen is 38, say 39,000 yen. So this is nothing. Yeah. Oh, they don't need to sell hardly anything. They're making these already. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How many do they not need asking to sell? F- like 40. Oh. Huh. So if, just say, like, if the, if the pen is 40,000 yen, and they're only asking for 1.5 million yen, did I do that math right? <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> hey Siri. Yeah, that's right. What is one point no, five right. million divided by forty thousand? No, I'm right. 7.5. There you go. Thirty seven point five. Yeah. So forty. So this is a It'll this is a marketing kickstarter then, isn't it? This is a marketing kickstarter. So I didn't do that math. I didn't look at that before. They're making these pens already. They're they have hundreds of these made already. Guaranteed. This'll this'll uh fund in thirty minutes. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about this again now. It's all, we're all we've, we've turned it back on its head again. We've gone on for a wild ride of us all, dear listeners. Well, this is the kind of company you would think would do a marketing campaign because it's not their first product. They're established. They could they could take a hit. it's their growth product. Yeah. So that's fine. But now that I see that, yeah. These are already made, a lot of them. So they might hit their timelines unless it goes really nuts. But, I mean, they're going to sell 40 pins in 10 minutes. Yeah. Huh. Well, okay. There's links in the show notes. If you want to go pick it up for yourself, you probably already have by now if you wanted to. Uh, we'll talk about this next week for sure. We'll follow up on it next week. Um, yep. Wow. What, what an interesting campaign. What we're, we're, I think we're moving into some interesting times here with, with uh, Kickstarter in Japan. I think this is just the start of that. So definitely something to keep your eye on. Uh, our show notes today are at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 293. Um, I want to send our thanks again to Blue Apron and Pen Chalet for their support of this episode. You can find Brad online at penaddict.com and knock.co. He is dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram, and I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, thank you so much for tuning to this week's episode and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.